I think we're live, but it's okay. Yeah, there we go. And we're live here on Facebook. I'd like to welcome those listening in podcast land. And also my buddy Rich. Rich, how you doing today? Hey, Mike. And uh, to also to all of our listeners uh, watching us on YouTube. So um, to anybody that uh, happened to watch last week's episode, we apologize for the technical difficulties between um, my headset batteries running out. So having to step away and grab my... Uh, my corded headset and then also for and obviously for the uh episode abruptly ending because we lost the live stream somehow yeah um but hopefully we sh we're past those issues as we're back on facebook live as our experiment using youtube live didn't go as planned yeah so we're gonna go back to what worked but mike yeah. i'm doing good another uh another just typical work week here in uh here in davenport um, Mike, how are you doing? You know, it, it's been a rough week. Um, we didn't talk about it last week on the show, but uh, we had to put our dog down, which sucked. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know, that part of it, it it's... Not, sorry, we're going to go into a little personal time and blah, 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 and that's okay. You guys get that sometimes. We don't do it all the time, but occasionally we like to let you in on, on our lives and stuff. And so... Um, before we roll the intro or get into sports stuff, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because it's life and you got to do that once in a while. Um, so last week we knew Friday and Rich and I had talked about it that it was time to put my dog down. She had shown signs and all of that. Uh, me and my wife had good cries. Uh, I was glad to say that you couldn't tell on the air that I was crying. I had been crying for hours on end uh, that day. Um, didn't get any easier uh, and then we go to the doctor or we go we get over to the vet we we call the vet set up the appointment we get there and they're like okay and Danielle and her are walking around outside and then right before we go in a buddy of ours uh, a friend of ours from church was there and then I have to tell him and I cry a little bit but not too terrible and then we go to the they're like you're gonna go back to that back room and so we walk in and as soon as we get there they're like yeah go ahead and go to that back room we'll be at, we'll be right back there with you we waited there for 20 to 25 minutes mm -hmm. that was the best thing for us because we had to make all of our decisions we had to do all of the things we had to make sure we knew what we were doing and at that point and, and once we had done all of that then we were just waiting and that waiting meant that we just like it was drawing out the agony and eventually it got to a point where it was like can we just get it done with like i just want to be done with this i don't want to and and the doc came in and it was i was in the room the whole time um and it was rough I don't need to get into the details of the actual euthanasia, euthanizing of our dog. Um, it's rough. It's not a fun thing. Nobody wants to do that. Um, but it happened. And then we went on a motorcycle ride and it helped clear our head. And it helped. But it's those little things like when you're walking through, uh, when you walk into a dark room and you see a shadow and you're like, oh, don't step on the dog. And then you realize that the dog's not there anymore. But those are the rough parts. But, you know, we'll get through it. I mean, it's getting better. We have a friend up here so that it's been hanging out with him rather than thinking about the, the little things. And so uh, it's been nice. And, and it's been a good week. Um, been a rough week at times. There's moments. But, you know, um, it's a real morning process. But uh, we'll get there. So anyway. On a lighter note, we do have uh, sports to talk about. We have lots of stuff to talk about this week. Mm -hmm. um, it, we, I'll, I'll start. Rich, how about you give me your two, top two headlines, and then I'll give top two headlines, and uh, we'll move on. From we'll we'll get started. Well, Mike, um, like we do always do, uh, we're going to be going into the NASCAR corner uh, to talk about the last week's race from Texas, as well as give you predictions for t this week's race of Talladega as well as kind of doing some a little bit of MLB talk at the end of the show because we got some uh, historical milestones got reached from yep. show to show. Yep. Um, a manager is parting ways, so another job is opening up in baseball. 
and and if we have time, we'll even talk of the Masked Singer. Yep. Mike, what else are we going to be talking about? Maybe or what's probably the, mass... the bulk of the show going to be? Maybe not the Masked Singer because I didn't. We it's been a. I'll, yeah, I gotcha. didn't get this week's okay. episode. I said if we had time, so obviously we're not going to have time. So um, <laughs> we are going to we're going to be talking to NFL, and we have tons to talk about in the NFL um, contact and non-contact injuries. And the correlation of the two. That's going to be a big topic we talk about this week. Plus, we have our power rankings. All that and more. But first, Rich, what should I do? Mike, why don't you go ahead and roll that intro? Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Bald and Sticks, the podcast with your host, Mike and Rich. And we're back. Okay. So, Rich, uh, every week we do a poll question. In that poll question, this we're, we're in a series of what we're calling jock jams. Those jock jams are videos for which you would hear uh, in, in a stadium. Mm-hmm. So last week, Mike, we had um, I chose Hip Hop Hooray uh, going to go up against Whoop. There it is. Okay. So, Mike, while you're bringing up those poll results, um, I went with Whoop. There it is. Um, mainly because when you hear that song and you're listening to a Cubs game, that means something good happens. Good happens, and most of the time, that's a home run. So I, yep. that's typically what the Cubs have used the past couple of years. So. That means something good happened, so that's why I went with that. Went with that song. Yeah. Speaking of the Cubs, uh, it, I don't know if you have it in there. We'll have to. I'll have to check. Anyway, um, yeah, I voted the same way, mostly because I know the song. I don't actually know Hip Hop Hooray as well, um, but uh, yeah, I, I picked the song that I know. Good things are happening, so let's do it. Yep. Uh, and with that, there are three votes for Whoop. There it is, and one vote. All right. One vote for. Hip hop, hooray! Okay, maybe you do not mean to tell me. I know the chorus is like hip hop, hey ho, hey ho. That's like the the, the chorus of it. Yeah, but um, so you probably know it if you heard it. Probably but not. No, not necessarily know it just by the title of the song. So whoop, there it is. Wins. Yep. Uh, this week we're gonna go with Welcome to the Jungle and Seven Nation Army. Yeah. Yeah, this one's a rough one. This one's a hard one for me because I love both of these songs. I don't know where I'm going to vote for yet. All right, so I'll get that poll. Um, I'll probably get it live um, either when we go off of air or um, sometime tomorrow around noon. So, Mike, do you see what's coming up? Rich, is it a left turn? It is a left turn, Mike. What's after that? Is it another left turn? It is another left turn, Mike, because we're going to go into the NASCAR corner, presented as always by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Uh, check them out on Fifth Avenue in Moline, or you can also find them on eBay, Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. So, Mike, last week we were down in Texas for the Auto Trader Ecto Park 500. I think you, you mean to say we were deep in the heart of Texas. The clapping comes after deep oh. in the heart of Texas. Clap, 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 clap. Whatever. It's okay. It's... So anyway, Mike, um, once again, a non-playoff driver wins the race. Yeah. Tyler Reddick. Rich... So if anything, like almost mean, almost seems like he won the race one week too one week too late as he was eliminated from the last round. Yeah. Um, Hi, Mike. So how did our playoff drivers do? Rich, your playoff driver of Christopher Bell finished in 34th, the worst of all of our drivers that we picked. Mine, Denny Hamlin, finished in 10th. Rich, so how did our non-playoff drivers do this week? Well, for the non-playoff drivers, my pick of Kevin Harvick finished 19th. Your pick of Bubba Wallace came in 25th. So we split the points that week, Mike, and neither of us get obviously got the bonus point for getting yep. the race driver correct. 
Um, so did, did you get a chance to watch any of the race? I think I watched like maybe a couple of minutes of it. Oh okay. no, I did watch the ending. I did watch the ending. I remember watching the ending cause it was, I, we got, we had gotten home from, from our, our Bible study and it was way late and it was longer mm-hmm. than I, it, it went later than I thought it would. Yeah. I was surprised how late it went too. Um, so I don't, I think I watched most of it. I think I watched at least stages two and three. Okay. So a lot of a lot of wrecks, a lot of people coming out of the race complaining about the crappy parts on this next gen car causing a lot of tire it sounds like tire you're, blowouts. You're quoting someone specific. Kevin Harvick was complaining about the parts. Oh. I, doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if you know if, uh, Kyle Bush had th- things to say um, about the parts too about parts as well. So a Rich, lot of lot of tires getting blown out on the racetracks, which is yeah, causing a lot of wrecks and damage. Yeah. So Rich, we are going to Talladega this weekend, fastest raceway in the circuit for the yellow y- Yellowwood. Yellowwood. 500. Yeah, the Yellowwood 500. So, Mike, your playoff driver came, finished higher, much higher than mine in Texas. So, you have the honors. Who is your pick? I'm going to pick Christopher Bell. I think this week he'll have to have a, a rebound to do something and get back in the points uh, contention. So, look for him to try to, and, and he'll, like, he's a winner, winner, he's out type right as of right now so mm-hmm. look for christopher bell to do something good all right um i'm gonna go with ryan blaney okay um he has he's had past success at talladega but really i don't really have much confidence in any of the guys any of the eight playoff drivers in this race as none of them have a good track history running on the super speedways yeah. But, so I'm, and really the super speedway races really are a crapshoot, as really you're are. you're you're fighting to, you're fighting to finish the race, not necessarily. And if you win, it's almost like a bonus. Yep. So Rich, your non-playoff driver finished six spots ahead of me, so you get to pick first on that side. What are you picking? I'm gonna go with Michael McDowell. He's won the Daytona 500. Usually does pretty good on the super speedways. And really, anybody can win this type of race. As this type of race is, Bubba Wallace got his first win at this track. Yep. So, um, so anybody can get get the win there. I, I everybody but the person I'm going to pick, mostly because we curse him every time we pick him, and we're <laughs> going to pick Kyle Bush. Not that I I think I want him to be cursed because I really do want the points. Come on now, uh, but Kyle Bush is really good at these super speedways he he just understands how to how to do it in a right way and how to try to stay either in the back or the front and make something happen uh and he's not afraid to use his car as a weapon so you know uh next week we're going to talk about the stand give you a standings update is that is an elimination week yeah that'll be next week we'll 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 kind of recap what happens where the where the drivers stand in the playoff points on next week's show when we get into when we go to the elimination race which will be at the the charlotte roval uh for our standings mike um total season it's 23 to 16 in favor of you in the playoffs though i have an eight to two edge yeah. So, Mike, that was the NASCAR Corner presented by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Check them out, Fifth Avenue in Moline, or you can also find them on eBay. So, so Mike, we're gonna go to the gridiron now. Yep. Normally we go. Normally we go the uh, MLB, but with the MLB season kind of winding down, and also with so much to talk about in the NFL, I wanted so to change to things up a little about. bit, and also make sure that we get in all that content before we kind of run into that hour mark where we where we try to kind of wrap up the show once we get the yeah once we pass the one hour mark so rich last week we do so every week we give you our picks for lock upset and how the bears are gonna do 
each week, along with the Thursday night game. This week, we, Rich, you picked the Eagles over the Commanders for your lock of the week. You got it, as the Eagles won 24-8, making the Commanders look like fools. You are 2-0-1 and and on the season. That's right. So, Mike, your lock of the week was the Chargers over the Jaguars. Um, you're still 0-3 on locks of the week as the Jaguars actually pulled off an upset and won in convincing fashion 38-10. And I, I think... We, we, need the, to, we, need, we might need to rewind and talk about the whole week <laughs> as a whole and how many teams that should have been locks got upset this week. Yeah, and... It was a rough week, and we're going to get to that when we talk about our our uh, our power rankings. It was a rough week when it comes down to it. Okay, but let's let's move on, Rich. So I picked the Broncos over the 49ers as my upset of the week. I got it, eleven to ten, squeaking yeah. out the victory. Were the Broncos bringing me? a two and one for upsets rich how'd you do on your upset well mike i said the falcons were going to beat the seahawks in seattle and the falcons came through for me as they won 27 to 23 and also two chicago bears they were playing the texans in chicago and they pulled off the win um 23 to 20 mike we both said they would win so both our records and picking the Bears is two and one, which matches the Bears record. Yeah, but hopefully our record is going to be better than the Bears. Our likelihood is our record will be better than the Bears by the end of this week. We'll we'll find out next week, as um, we'll get you our pick for the Bears game here coming up here in a couple minutes. Thursday night football, Mike. Um, there was controversy was, going into this game. There was. Big controversy. By the way, if I would have seen Sunday's games, I would have picked differently for Thursday night, but we don't do it that way. And I saw that you did flip your pick on the Yahoo Pick'em Pool, as you did flip. and But on the show outline, on the show last week, um, before it cut off, you did say the Dolphins were going to win. Yeah. And I I agreed with you with the Dolphins. Going into last week, I thought they would have. But Sunday, uh, so Rich, how did it end up? Um, It was a 27 to 15 Bengals win. And with the Bengals winning and us getting it wrong for Thursday night football, we are both two and two. Okay, that brings us into um, our topic of of Tua Tungavailoa's two injuries, as well as some injuries, uh, some other injuries caused by something, in my theory, uh, but there is some evidence to back it up. Um, let's start with Tua, because that's the big one of this. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa on Sunday gets a nasty tackle. Like, it wasn't an ugly and it wasn't dirty. It just resulted in what looked like a very terrible landing of his head smacking the 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 ground, mm-hmm. which we'll get to that part of it because there's some important parts about that ground we need to talk about. And um, he he's shaking his head like, man, where am I? He stands up, has to shake it off again, falls over falls into his teammates arms then gets walked off the field to go into concussion protocol under the tent like it's supposed to be done okay they say it's a back injury and an ankle injury and an ankle injury that's what was reported that's what was reported as wrong that's what was reported what did you when did you see the 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 hit on Sunday? I did not see Sunday's hit. Okay. I only saw Thursday's hit. Everybody, I saw it. I thought this is not. This is not. I I, I saw it in real time because uh, Red Zone's game of the week was the Dolphins and Buffalo, so I I was getting to watch that. 
Um, and then, uh, so I, I saw the saw it. I said, "That's not a that's not a back or an ankle. That's a concussion. We all know it is." But he got to come back in the game after yes. two plays. I think it was. He gets to come back in the game, leads the team to a victory. Looks a little shaky, but not terrible for the second half or when he come after he comes back. Multiple people, multiple people said there's no way he's playing on in four days. If you have a back injury, Rich, that's causing you to fall over and an ankle injury that's so bad you can't walk on it, what's the likelihood you're going to be able to make it back in four days? Seven days? Maybe. Four days? Very, very unlikely. But what was going on between the weeks and probably on the sidelines too was Tua was going over the coach. Hey, coach, I'm ready to go back in. I'm ready. Yeah. And well, I was driving to pick up some dinner for us one night, listening to, um, I think it either was um, Fitz, uh, Jason Fitz's evening, late late evening show, and they were saying that he called the coach the next morning, like the next morning or later on in the middle of the night, saying, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go if you if if I if I get cleared to play. And yeah, obviously crazy. he may not have may not have been ready because what happened on Thursday night, Mike? Thursday, almost an identical tackle. Almost an identical tackle. And Tua is out cold. If you looked at it, he he was asleep. He was out. And his hands go into this weird thing like this and it's called the fencing pose it happens when you get brain stem injury this is some serious stuff people um so one you had leading concussion experts screaming all week do not let Tua play this is wrong if you do it you need to be fired this is ridiculous don't do it it's not worth it they let him play he gets injured so bad they cart him off the field they take him to the hospital he gets released and then he he flew home with the team yep flew home with the team and there's already reports. I could have swore I saw something when I was scrolling through my uh, my Facebook, kind of like on the news page of Facebook. And supposedly he's already telling the coach, hey, I'm ready to go. When, when, when do I get to come back in and play? At what point does the team need to, need to save Tua from himself? Yeah, and I think that's where we're at. We need to save Tua from himself. Uh, he needs to – we know you're tough. We know you're not – you're not weak. We know we don't think that to a please protect yourself because it's not worth it anymore. Yeah, I I'm mean, scared it, it, for you. Yeah, I mean it. It's not worth it to come back so quickly from this type of injury just to shed that label that you're a fragile quarterback who can't maybe hold up to the the rigors of the pro game because he's gotten injured almost in every single year that he's uh, been in the NFL as a full-time starter and I mean I don't know if this has to do with his contract status of maybe the team not giving him an extension or the the uh, when the Dolphins were pursuing Deshaun Watson in a trade yeah and Tom and supposedly getting tampering with Tom Brady Yep. of him wanting to prove to the team that, hey, I can be your long-term quarterback. Give me that opportunity, and I'm going to show you why you should commit to me. The and problem I think a lot with this like... is he's going to end up dead. Two of these severe brain injuries in a week can kill you. I can't imagine what's going to happen if he plays in 10 days and has something similar happen. By the way, speaking of, we also need to rewind. I talked about how he hit the ground. But what kind of ground is it? In both circumstances, it was called, it's this 
this substance called field turf. By the way, Sterling Shepard had a what what looked like an unexplained injury on two days ago or on Sunday sorry on Sunday no it was was it Monday was Monday the either way uh, the 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 Giants uh, Cowboys that was was that Sunday or was that Monday Rich I'm sorry what was that Cowboys, uh, Giants. Was that Sunday or Monday? That was a Monday game. Okay. That was a Monday. So game. Monday, Sterling Sh- on on Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. Because Tuesday they were talking about it. Uh, Monday they talked about two all day. Tuesday they talked about uh, Sterling uh, Sterling Shepard running a route, just running a route. And because of the way that these, this type of turf is, so let me explain to you what it is. It's a slab of concrete. And then on top of that, they put these little bean beanbag things, and then there's this grass stuff that the, this grass synthetic that goes on top of it. Now, one of the problems is what we saw in tu- with Tua. As you hit the as you as you get hit and you go to the ground, you're basically landing on concrete. There's hardly any padding there. So you're landing on concrete. And on top of it, you have your weight plus the weight of another 180 to 300 pound man landing on top of you. The sandwich which, or the the forces between that and the transferred forces there are so incredibly strong. And you're literally hitting a concrete slab. There's a reason why two is smacking his head that like that is as bad as it is. Whereas on grass, there's give, there's softness to it. On real grass, there is softness to it, and it it actually is better for the players. Yeah, I mean that type of playing services is a lot better than the than the astroturf that a lot of teams had that a lot of teams even used we even may even be in an outdoor stadium yeah even up being in an outdoor it was soldier field used to have astroturf yeah it was a it's a terrible but that is a terrible thing but yeah real grass is what you need to have there are reasons why soccer pitches are as are immaculate grass and the non-contact injuries are nearly non-existent there. I mean, you could say that some of the contact injuries are actually non-contact injuries, the way that those guys flop. But, yeah, what we need to do is get away from this. And and the the only reason, Rich, why do you you put that in there? Why do you put the, 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 um, the field turf in there? There's less, there's less maintenance on it. Yep. Less maintenance. And for the teams that have the retractable roofs or a dome or a dome, you don't have to worry about the grass dying or how are you going to keep the grass alive in an indoor stadium? Those are even less of the reason. The biggest reason you can turn your venue into a multi-purpose facility. Because you don't, because that stuff comes up and it moves really easily and you can, and you can the the concrete is perfect to put concerts on, and you don't have to worry about if you put uh, if you put uh, staging on top of it. It doesn't it, it doesn't give. It doesn't you don't get holes in it. You don't have to worry about it that much. It's because it makes it a, like the football stadiums that we've seen turn into basketball courts. Mm-hmm. The only reason that can be done is because they have this this field turf it is terrible it is it it is what is killing our young people who are dying of of injuries from getting concussed concussed multiple times you know in under five days by the way uh there did you know that there's a term for that no i did not second impact syndrome Hmm. getting a hit like that within 
the first five days of a of a of an initial injury can can cause death. By the way, that's not me. That is Chris Nowinski, the one of the leading experts in the field of concussion care. Talked about how Tua shouldn't be playing and how Tua's injuries are that that if Tua sustains another one of these type injuries, it could kill him. And yet we see still see the team ignoring experts calling for more review of his health by the way Miami has a history of this in 2017 or 16 was it Matt Moore in the playoffs you're not remembering it okay no, no you're normally pretty good so yeah, so currently 14 stadiums have a synthetic playing surface on them, and but two two teams have figured out, even though they play indoors predominantly due to the hot weather, how to make it work so they can still have a grass field. The Raiders and the Cardinals have yep. a system in place where they, when the game's not going on, they have a system of rollers that where they roll the field they roll the grass playing surface out of the stadium to get it outdoors so it can get natural light natural light and yep and it so it can grow and be healthy healthy grass but yeah. but mike you I, I don't i'm not by the 100% way sure of this by the way I, uh matt moore in the second half of a playoff game was put back in the game after um, after being knocked out uh, by a Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker, and he was cleared and re-entered the game. Miami has a history of this. I'm sorry, you were saying? No, and I was saying I think even a couple of the local high school stadiums around here. We have, have this field turf on it, doesn't it? I think it's Rocky and uh, yep. Brady Street Stadium have yep. field turf on them. Uh, those both do. Um, we actually have a field. Uh, Algona up here has a has a field turf stadium, and and I, actually our kids played there last week. And my wife can tell you that the kids have bruises and cuts and stuff like that from from the, the 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 playing at that surface it was terrible um so yeah it's it's not a good thing if you are if you have family or friends at a stadium that have that i would i would argue i would bring up that this needs to be removed and i think it needs to be removed from top to bottom so rich in your opinion Tua was was released from concussion protocol both at the game on Sunday and at check-ins throughout the week. Is it worth risking it after four days of him having an injury like that, even if it's a back? Let's say truly he didn't have a concussion and it was actually a back injury on Saturday or on Sunday and that bad and an ankle injury. Is it worth it for this game for him to be in there? You are making the decision as a head coach, not as the player for the long-term help health of your team. I would say no. I mean, it's yeah. your, if you truly think that two was the long-term answer and you're going to commit to him, regardless of how good or bad this season goes you got to think long term i mean yeah because even if you look at it from a short-term window of well we need to win we figure we need to win x amount of games to make it to the playoffs this year or keep pace with the bills to win the division a loss to the Bengals isn't 
I think the Bengals game really was a little bit of a toss-up. Even if Tua yeah. was really healthy, it would have been a good loss. Yep. yep. It wouldn't have been a bad loss because everybody is expecting the Bengals to be a, a, a playoff team this year. By the way, now, this... does a bad loss count against you in anything but your the court of A, public opinion, and B, you and mine's power rankings, which we know everybody in the NFL cares about? No. No, no, it doesn't. Or even, or even like a mainstream media outlet like ESPN or Fox Sports, CBS. No, a good loss, bad loss, it doesn't matter. You I talk think. about it for five minutes. By the way, we're talking about this right now. But how many guys are gonna? How many of the sports shows are gonna talk about it Monday, Monday morning? They talked about it today. How many sports shows on Monday morning are going to talk about the Tua injury? I don't think too many of them will because Why? That, that's last week's news. That's last week's news. Well, because we're talking about the the 10 other games we, we watch. The fact that we had NFL football from 6 in the morning if you're in the, in the West, mm-hmm. 8 in the morning for us here, through 10 o'clock at night. Yep, Monday morning, you're talking about what happened on Sunday, but also looking ahead on, well, hey, who's playing Monday night? Yeah. And then Tuesday, you're talking about Monday night's game, and you're looking ahead to this Thursday, the next Thursday's game. We're not, we're going to drop this. We're going to drop this. Media's going to drop it. It's not going to be a, a big deal until next Friday, a week from today. Yep, when the injury reports start coming out on well, how are they going to list Tua? Yep, and it's Tua right now. Right now he's out. Right as, now that's the status that's yep. next, to, next to his name across the um, on the both of the platforms that I play fantasy football on Yahoo and, and the Sleeper app. Yeah, but how soon is he going to change to doubtful or questionable, questionable or probable? Yeah, and then go back down the questionable. And, and if he, before being ruled out. And the bigger thing's going to be 10 days from, or 11 days from now. 11 days from now is when we're going to be talking about this again. And here's why. We'll talk about it when when the injury report comes out. We'll talk about it then. No big yeah. deal. Then we'll talk about it if he plays. And that's the only reason we'll talk about it again. Is if he plays and something else happens. If nothing happens, if he plays great, he comes back and he's totally fine. Okay. Subject over. Yeah, because then if he gets hurt again and it's non-concussion related, then the topic shifts to he's too fragile. He's yeah. not. You, yeah. you can't trust you. You can't have him be your long-term quarterback because he can't stay healthy. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that it's sad, but you won't hear about it again for at least a week and then it's just going to be is Tua coming back and then if it's a yes then it's why is he coming back and if it's a no then you won't actually hear about it and then if he plays on on a week from Sunday what's that's going to be the next part of the conversation it's all by the way I think Miami's damned if they do damned if they don't so yeah Anything else on this conversation you want to talk about before we head on and talk about this week's picks? Not really, Mike. Let's get the line moving. Week four picks, Mike. So, Mike, it is an even week, so you have the first choice for a lock of the week. So, Mike, who are you going to go with? So, I am going to pick the only real lock of the week, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I actually want it to not be true, which is even more reason for me to pick it. Packers over the Patriots. Yeah, I, I really looking over the schedule. I, I also agree that that's really the only true lock of the week. And so, yeah, if you didn't take it, I was going to. So kind of having the leftovers, I'm going to go with probably the only other matchup I see as a true lock. And I'm going to take uh, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys to keep it going and be up, beat up on the Commanders. Yeah, the Commanders really are weak right now. So, it could be a good week for them. If they show up in the in good week, in good week, Commanders, you could be on Hurton Street next week, 
if they show up as the other com- as the bad commanders, you're it's going to be an easy game for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I'm really not that worried about it either way. Um, I had the pick a lock in the week, and that's the one I chose. I thought there were a lot more upsets on the schedule this week, uh, which leads me to Mike. Who are you taking as your upset of the week? So I need this team to do better because I made a prediction about them at the beginning of the year. The Carolina Panthers over the Arizona Cardinals. I think they'll. I, I think they're starting to put things together. Uh, the big thing, and this is again, this is why I say it. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield has been in Carolina long enough to finally get the that playbook under his belt and to feel comfortable in the scheme. The team, the, the 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 coaching staff has finally gotten comfortable with Baker to make the scheme work for him. They're finally getting in sync. Watch for them to start making a roll, and that's going to happen again this week. All right. So, Mike, before I decided on the Cowboys, I was almost tempted to to pick the Cardinals over the Panthers as my lock of the week. I can understand that, but. But the Cardinals are having problems putting up points on the board, which is kind of weird because Cliff Kingsbury and his air raid offense is known for being a high-scoring offense, and they're just not putting it together. Um, So, yeah, I I could see the Panthers winning the game. So for my my upset of the week, I think this is more of a toss-up, but we judge our lock our upsets based on the pick distribution on yahoo and this one's pretty wide margin in favor of the bills so i'm going to go with lamar jackson and the ravens um staying hot and upsetting the bills i don't i i think the bills have something to prove this week uh and uh i think you'll see them do it um so rich the bears play the giants in san francisco i marked it as the loss i'm or in New York, I'm sorry, New York, New Jersey. It's New Jersey. It's it's New York. What's the logo say? It says New York. Okay. Are you gonna be one of those people from New Jersey that says they don't play in New York? They play in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what are you gonna call the Bears in two years? Okay. It, but there's but they're not crossing the state lines. <laughs> but they don't play in Chicago. No, they might not play in Chicago. What do you call the what do you call the Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys, even though they play in Arlington, Texas. Yes, I still call the San Francisco 49ers the San Francisco 49ers, even though they play in Santa Clara. And the Rams of the Chargers are not known as the Inglewood Chargers and Rams, they're known as the Los Angeles Rams. All right, you got me there. So, Mike, they're going into the New York, New Jersey Metro, Metroplex. Are they going to win or lose? Oh, they're not going to win. They're going to lose. Yeah, I I think they're going to lose as well. If, um, I originally, if I, I originally could make had this, this as a win. If I could make, I, make this my lock of the week, this would have been my lock of the week. Okay. But we, we, we exclude the Bears games because we talk about it already. Okay, Rich, Thursday night, you got the Colts going to the Mile High Stadium. How's that going to end? I'm going to give it to the Broncos mostly because I have a lot of fantasy stock in the Denver offense. So sooner or later, sooner or later, the Broncos got to figure it out and how they're going to run their offense. Yeah. And um, one thing that I saw was that um, typically it took – Aaron Rodgers about three games to get comfortable and get that offense humming with when Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator up in Green Bay so Wilson's had three weeks with him so maybe this is the week where things finally start to click and that's not a bad thing that's kind of what I'm doing with Carolina and uh and Baker Mayfield so you know I'm I'm not I'm not opposed to that concept but I still think the Colts are going to pull it off the Colts are starting to click as well uh, mm-hmm. with with Matt Ryan. He's starting to, to feel comfortable there and start getting that stuff down. So, I mean, 
The guy was in Atlanta for what, fifteen years? Yeah, a long time. And He's, he never played and he never played in an Andy Reid system. Right. With a lot of different terminologies and He's, and scheming. He's having to figure out how to get to the stadium still. Let alone the playbook. So yeah, I think he's finally getting to the point where he's comfortable getting to the stadium without thinking about it. It's just this is how I get to work. So I think the Colts are gonna pull it off for, for similar reasons to why the Broncos are 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 a good pick as well. So It'll, I yeah. think it'll be a really good game. Look for that Thursday on Amazon Prime. Rich, ready to do our power rankings. We didn't get to do them last week. Uh, we're going to get into them this week. You and I are a lot closer on a lot of them than you than I thought we would be at the beginning. Um, okay. Let's get started. All right, Mike. So in the number one, my number one spot, even though they lost last week, um, I kept them at number one because I thought it was a, they lost to a good football team. So I kept the Buffalo Bills at number one, even though they lost last week. Yeah, I also kept, I, I moved the Buffalo Bills to number one. I think their loss was better than the Kansas City loss. And uh, so I'm going to leave them at number one. Number two, Rich, I... um. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I kept the Chiefs there as well. I had them there last week. I've had them at number two since we started doing our power rankings. Um, once again, they also lost, but we were kind of always expecting the Indianapolis Colts to be a playoff team and kind of walk away with that division. At least I thought they would. So I didn't think of that as a bad lo- a, a bad enough loss to move them down. Um, ahead of the team that I have at number three and one of the few teams that going into Thursday night's game was the, one of the two remaining 3-0 teams. Um, so I put the Miami Dolphins at number three. I actually put a different 3-0 team at number three. Uh, okay. And this one is going to shock you, Rich, because I did I gave them zero credit at the beginning of the year. The Philadelphia Eagles, number three. Yeah, I, I I put them, I have them at number four, and I kind of was struggling on, well, do I put the Eagles up at four? But I really liked that the Dolphins had wins against a good Baltimore team and a good, and a good Buffalo team where the Eagles really haven't had the face, a team that we were really expecting to have a long, do a good long playoff run. So this year. of note, I don't, I do my, my, uh, power rankings in my head Tuesday. I, I sit down, I watch, I, I spend time at lunch watching the, the, the four minute highlights of each games or the mm-hmm. five minute. I think it's the five minute highlights of each game that you can find. Watch them all do my power rankings through that. Because uh, I, I can't watch every game. I just can't sit down and watch every game. Don't have time to do that. It's where it's at. I also don't have the luxury of having the ability. I don't have mm-hmm. what's it called. So I saw that injury for Tua, and I said, I, I don't trust him yet. I, don't, I think he should be questionable, and I think it should be a multi-week injury. And I did that Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I stand by that choice on Tuesday, and today, if I were to rank them, they'd be even. Miami would be even lower. That's why that that is why I didn't put them at number three. Mine, you said you had the Eagles at number four. My number four is mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're there's a little bit of a gap between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, um, we'll we'll get there where I have them at. Um, but when I was doing my power rankings, I look at what have you done for me lately? I'm not necessarily looking in, into the future on what that loss could do for you. I mean, I'm I'm looking see, at the standings. See, I'm looking at who they won, who they beat, who they've beaten, and who they've lost. Uh, that's what you do now. But 10 weeks from now, you're then putting teams that you think are going to actually make the playoffs 
yeah, over you, teams, by all means, yeah, over by teams all means, yeah. that you think aren't, <laughs> even yeah, though I, their I records do, don't do match. It. Which is yeah. We, so in ten weeks, when we're ta- when you're saying that that uh, some NFC team that has a one game over five hundred record has a six and four record. When we're sitting here and you have them higher than an NFC or an AFC team that has a eight and two record because the eight and two record in the AFC being so stacked is not enough to get you into the playoffs in certain divisions. And you're going to make that argument. Yeah. I would like to point out last year was the first year that I did that. So maybe I won't do it this way, that way this year. I'm just saying. But I know, and I, I can and understand I, that. And I understand both arguments, but I was looking at... Winning your, yeah, winning your division and having a playoff spot. My, my reason of thinking at the time, and it might be when I when you start rolling around and you start looking at, you know what, well, who would the playoff teams be if the season ended today? Yeah. And no, then maybe I, I'll go out to that, and maybe I'll save that type of ranking until maybe week 17 and 18. 17 and 18 the and last I, two weeks and i get season. it i just like i just got to give you a little crap for it because i know because you do the so, same so you me. put all right so you put the tampa bay buccaneers at number four correct all right who'd you put at number five mike number five i have the baltimore ravens that's where i put the ravens as well number six mike uh this is where i finally put miami they have all right they have tons of talent the addition of waddle and, or the, the the tag team of Waddle and Hill have made that team scary good. There is so much to be said for the greatness that they both that they are going to be able to pull off because you, you have to cover both of them and you can't double either of them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep, that um, that team looks scary. I think even. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, I still think they could be a playoff team, but I don't think they are a top five team with Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. And by all means, I mean, next week when I do the rankings, more than likely the Dolphins aren't going to be at number three. Okay. More than likely they will not. So who do you have at number six? That's where I put them. Number six is where I put the Green Bay Packers. Not a bad pick there. I have them at seven, so that's, that's pretty darn close. Okay. So the seven is where I went with the L.A. Rams. Man, you are one step ahead of me on this one as well as I have them. Or no. I have that. Yeah, I have them at eight. Eight is where I put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh. And they might they might start. And, but the thing is, Mike, they they've they've been winning, but it hasn't been. They haven't been winning the ways that they haven't been in Tom the, Brady in the fashion. Wins. Yeah. They haven't been Tom Brady wins. They've been wins. They've been ugly, ugly wins, close wins with the defense stepping up and making yeah. a big play. You're right to um, to get it there. So that's why I put the Bucks at eight. They're starting to get their offensive skill players back uh, yeah. back this week. So more than likely, the Buccaneers are going to be moving up in the rankings as long as they continue to win. And Rich, are um, you sitting down for this next one? We'll see, Mike. So my number nine is the Minnesota Vikings. I like that pick. Again, you're one ahead of me as I have them at 10. Okay. Who did you put at number nine? The Dallas Cowboys. All right. We're not far off because I have – I put them at 11. Didn't quite make the top 10. Okay. Um, my number ten, I gave it to the Denver Broncos. They're they're winning games. They're they're winning ugly, but they're winning games. Tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes, Tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes it doesn't you, matter how you win. You're as right. Long as you get the W. You are right. But don't they feel like they're a, a one and two team? They feel like they are a one and two team and not a two and ten team, a two and one team. Yeah, because that San Francisco game could have gone either way. They feel like they should have, and they feel like they could be zero oh, and three. In all honesty, they look like they feel like they could have gone. They could be zero and three. I don't understand it. I still have them at eleven. Who do you? Right. And, and you gave your eleven, which is the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Rich, 
uh, we'll hit our other. T where, where do you have the third team in the NFC North? Are we? Are, I put the Lions at 21 and the Bears at 24. Okay, I have the Lions at 22. Okay. Um, and then, Where did you put the Bears? We'll get to that in just a second. Rich, who right. do you have at 32? 32, I put the Houston Texans. They okay. still can't put together a win. They still can't put together a good winning, a good win. So that's where I put them at. Yeah. Um, I 31. I, I have. Who did you have? I have. I mean, the exact same thing. You're you're 100 correct. Uh, especially with, especially with a Lovey Smith who has looked to tie games instead of win games. Can't can't go for that. 31. I have the, the New York Jets. 31 is where I put the Panthers. They Ooh, okay. at the time that I raked this, they're just showing that they're having problems putting points on the board. And yep. their one win was a close win against the against uh, the Jacoby Brissett Browns. Yeah, I, I get it, and and we can talk about that in just a second. But okay, number thirty is where I have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is where I put the Seattle Seahawks. See, I can't put the Seahawks there because I think the Seahawks are better than Atlanta, and so I have I have the Seahawks at twenty. All right. 29 is where I put the Falcons. And so we're not that far off. And maybe that tiebreaker was that Atlanta beat Seattle. Yeah. And, and, if, I I'm, can... and if, I, if I'm looking at man, which one do I put, which one, which one gets the higher, which one gets the lower, and they had a recent head-to-head, -head, I got to give it to the team that won. Yeah. I think the problem is, is that for some reason, I trust Drew Locke slightly more than I trust... I don't even know who's in Atlanta. Marcus Mariota. But yeah, Drew Locke's not even... Drew Locke hasn't even seen the field yet. It's Geno Smith, Mike. Oh, I trust Geno more than I trust Mariota. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... Then I have... The Chicago Bears. At number 28? No, at 27. I thought... I, okay. I gave you the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are where I have... Carolina Panthers okay. are where I have. Um, uh, I I put the Jets at twenty eight. Okay. Um, yeah, that's not bad. And then I have the Bears at twenty seven. All right. I put the Bears up at twenty four, mainly due to their two and one record, which hasn't really. I don't know. Maybe I'm way. Maybe I'm weighing that. I that think you're going to see them plateau quite a bit for their year. This is their. This is the high peak. I don't oh, see yeah. them winning a game for a while. Um, the Jets are better than them. Uh, the Vikings are better than them. And then if the right commanders show up, or if the commanders get their stuff into gear, the commanders are a significantly better team than them when they're playing well. So basically when the second half commanders show up because they're having to put points on the board to stay in the game yep. or get back in the game. Yep. And I'm totally okay with that. I really am okay with that. Um, it's just, I I don't know. I, for some reason, I bet, I think that uh, the Bears are going to lose most of the rest of the games of the year. I think they may only win one more game the rest of the year. And, and so That's tough. I think they are plateaued for the year. It's hard to say, but that's where we're at. Okay, Rich, um, we are at 58 minutes. Let's do a quick recap of the Cubs uh, mm -hmm. and give our projections for the next week, and then uh, we will let's let's go to the let's go to the MLB. Um, Rich, this week the Cubs went. The Cubs are five and one on the week. And in that five and one, they have won five consecutive as of today. It's been a great stretch of baseball, and they're and they beat the Phillies, who are fighting for a playoff spot. By they, the way, they swept not only this weekly series, but the entire season series against the Phillies. By the way, the Phillies, if they make the playoffs, how many 
we're going to put this in a in a term that you and I understand. Mm-hmm. How many blockbusters were open the last time the Phillies made the playoffs? The answer is over ten thousand. Over ten thousand. Yikes! Now there's one. Okay, uh, this All week right, they have two against the Reds in Chicago three against the Reds and Cincy. I'm going to keep the good thing. I'm going to keep the good times rolling, Mike, and I'm going to say they get four wins. I say they're going to, they're going to end the season with a perfect 10 game winning streak. Okay. Winning the last five. All right, Mike. So uh, the playoffs start October 7th. Yep. Which is more than likely before we go on air. Would you like to make predictions this week or next week? Um, Because if anything, we would only, by the time if we did, if we went on air on Friday night, the games um, wouldn't be over. The games either, not all the games would be over, or if even if we did Saturday afternoon, there's still a chance that maybe some of the series will be 1 0. So I think we can. Let's put that off till next week. We do okay. have some great history to talk about. Last week, while we were doing our show, history was made. That's right. Albert Pujols joined the 700 home run club by hitting two homers at Dodger Stadium. Which he spent some time in, which is why it meant so much to the city as well as to... It was it was a great sight. I love it. I'm happy. It was. I was happy to see it. As a Cubs fan, I double-liked multiple friends posting it meaning i liked it and then i posted a comment saying as a cubs fan i even double like this gotcha all right i'm happy aaron judge yeah aaron judge uh also can write his name into the record books as he uh, i believe he tied i think right now he is tied with roger maris i don't think he has passed him yet but the kind of the magic number to me is that I believe he did hit home run number 61 within the 154 game stretch, meaning that he technically did pass. He, he tied the American league record in less games than Roger Maris. Yep. Um, So another story coming out of that is that he's getting walked a lot. And we oh, saw the fans this. are booing him. By the fans way, are really booing. By the that. way, here's the thing: don't boo the the team that's walking him. Boo the hitters behind him. They're hitting at like one seventy five or something like that when he's been walked. That it makes more sense to walk him than it makes to not walk him. It's it, it's the hitters behind him fault, not not uh, the pitcher's fault. So, yep, great. That, that's a neat perspective on that, Mike. I like that. Great to see history being made once again, and this time in a clean way. Um, we will talk. We will talk three weeks of Mass Singer next week, uh, and we'll talk about what's going on with the Pro Bowl. Rich, you have one final story to tell us. What is it? Uh, Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly and the Marlins have agreed to part ways. At the end of the season. The, uh, it believe it's um, both kind of came out and said the, the team needs a new voice. Yeah. So he's going to step away and not have his uh, contract renewed next year. Okay, Rich, I am seeing no shout-outs on the show for this week. You had a shout-out you needed to make last week. I did. I got a list. Well, now it's a belated birthday. Uh, to my father-in-law Ron, and as well as to my brother Josh. Yeah. And because my wife's birthday is right next Friday, we'll give her a pre-birthday shout-out. Uh, so uh, happy birthday to my lovely wife Amy. Uh, thanks as always to let me come on to uh, kind of step away from hanging out and uh, watching movies and TVs or playing games to uh, kind of step away and have these conversations and do this uh, funny show with Mike every week. Yep. With that being said, uh, Amy, happy birthday. We will talk to you guys next week. Uh, Maybe we'll do a Skype call and kind of
play a video game or something. Mm-hmm. We'll, do, we'll figure something out. Maybe a board game. We'll see. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, folks, thank you so much for joining us. If you are watching us on Facebook and you want to take us on the road, check us out wherever you find your podcasts. We are on all of the major platforms. Rich, they listen to us in a podcast form. They don't want to join us on Facebook to participate in our poll questions at our fan page, Fans of Balls and Sticks. And they don't want to watch us live. Where can they catch us? You know, if you want to watch the video portion of the show, uh, you can always look us up on YouTube. Uh, Wherever you watch or listen to us, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're watching us live, and if you're watching this at a later date on Facebook, make sure to um, subscribe to it so you know when, so you get the update or notification of when we go live. Yep. Um, So you can leave a reaction or a comment, which can get you a shout out at the end of the episode. Yep. So, Rich, let's roll the outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich.